What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Masking Health Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything related to men's health, physical health, spiritual health, sexual health, and of course, the best way to be men in this modern day and age. And I'm your host, CJ Rodriguez, online fitness coach who's always looking to get dudes, for the most part, into the best possible shape of their life and, you know, specializing in fat loss, which is what I do. And what I love to do is bring guests who always give us a lowdown when it comes to health. And the thing that I'm most interested in these days is not just, you know, the old school allopathic way of of looking at health. You know, for the most part, we're just kind of like, hey, let's treat the disease. Let's not actually do anything. You know, I'm all about looking for healing and looking for what's almost at the cutting edge. And that being said, I think there's a wonderful place for allopathic medicine and obviously a combination of different things have to play into us leaving the best possible, basically leading the best lives possible for us as men. And today, you know, I had the honor and the absolute privilege of having Dr. Jeffrey Gross, the founder of Reap Celebrate, and you spell that C-E-L-L-E-B-R-A-T-E, Reap Celebrate, right? Because he's all about stem cells and he discovered the beauty in what stem cells are able to do. And that's really what he discussed on today's episode. And, you know, he really broke it down you know in a way that's really easy for anybody to really grab onto very simple concepts of how stem cells work and how they can work for us men and you know how it pertains to basically what i think is the future of medicine <laughs> like there's no way around it like it's incredible what stem cells have the potential to do and how it's actually starting to gain traction here in north america and around the world in regards to just getting stem cells involved when it comes to healing and obviously getting us to lead the best possible lives that we can right and dr jeffrey gross he is the founder of recelebrate as mentioned before a pioneer in the field of regenerative medicine with a career dedicated to treating a myriad of chronic health problems dr gross has transformed thousands of lives by transitioning from tra- traditional surgical methods to the innovative use of stem cells right Medicine and healthcare are seemingly advancing at the speed of light these days. Some treatments are proven to be real game changers, while others create more confusion than benefit. And that's kind of a thing, you know, big pharma and drugs. <laughs> but as Dr. Gross can attest, the most profound advancements lie in the longevity potential of stem cells. These cells, when rejuvenated, display powerful anti-aging properties, offering relief, rejuvenation, Without the need for surgery, Dr. Gross is eager to share his insights, his holistic applications, and all the stuff that he has learned over the last couple of years. And that's kind of why I find it so interesting and why it was such a captivating conversation to have is that he really believes in what he's doing. And he is, I think, going to be a big, like a playmaker here in the near future in regards to stem cells. And how it's going to play into our modern medicine. And I'm just super honored, you know, super blessed that he was on the show and he was able to talk about all the wonderful things that stem cells can do. And again, be sure to check out the website. The links are in the description. Check out recelebrate.com, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff is in the show notes. And again, I really hope you guys were able to take tons of good stuff from this wonderful, wonderful conversation. And again, break out the notepad for this one, my guy. All right, without any, any more of my yapping, let's jump on into today's episode with Dr. Jeffrey Gross. Hey, 
FirmTech.com. I know you guys have heard of it because we have had Dr. Elliot Justin on the show before talking about just exactly how this wonderful piece of equipment works. And if you didn't know, well, the FirmTech ring actually tracks, tracks your nocturnal erections via the app. You just wear it at night, get the data, wham, bam, and thank you, ma'am. You actually have real, legit data showing you how you are in regards to your penile health. And the other thing, too, if you just want to get somewhere, you're like, hey, you know what? I want my dick to be a little bit harder, a little bit stronger, and have some more intense uh, orgasms and erections. And I can tell you that firsthand because, well, I got both. <laughs> and that is the FirmTech Max Performance ring this one's cheaper right but you can always use both depending on what it is that you are after right so be sure to check it out firmtech.com use the link in the description to support the show and again be sure to get the most out of your sex life with the hardest cock possible at firmtech.com what is going on guys welcome to another episode of the mask and health solutions podcast where i am joined by dr jeffrey gross who's going to give us a lowdown on how stem cells work and the beauty of it is that he's going to talk to us in layman terms so it's easy for us to understand because hey you know a lot of us are just meatheads learning to nerd out on these things and luckily we have an expert on the show who can tell us exactly how these things work in a way that's a little bit more easy to understand but first and foremost dr jeffrey gross how are you today sir Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I hope we uh, cover some cool topics and open minds and in new ways to help people meet their goals. A hundred percent, man. And I mean, the first thing I wanted to open up with, because we hear a lot about it in, in social media and a lot of different places, like especially for anybody that's always looking for recovery, whether it's bodybuilding or, you know, fighting and all that good stuff. We hear about stem cells, but we don't really know a whole lot about it from like a very granular kind of perspective. That's where you come in and kind of give us a lowdown. But first and foremost, the, the number one thing I want to know about is what are stem cells? So stem cells are the basic ingredient cells that created us in the first place when we were you know, a fertilized egg and then an embryo and then a fetus before we were born. Those are the cells that make us, they create a human. And then after we're created, they are a reserve, like a, you know, on deposit for use when we need to renew, to regenerate or to heal something. During childhood, of course, they're part of growth. Um, mm -hmm. But after that, it's more of maintenance and repair. And so we call them stem cells because all of our cells stem from these cells. And mostly stem cells haven't been assigned a final job yet. Like they haven't become a bone cell or a brain cell or a liver cell, but they, they're waiting for their job assignment on an as needed basis. Is super interesting because it's kind of like now that opens the possibilities to like I can play with this and do whatever it is that I want with this cell, right? <laughs> yeah, actually, a lot of the the cutting edge research is learning how to, like you said, you know, guide them to what we need them for. Although, if 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 they're in the right neighborhood, they'll be guided by our own biology. Like our our tissues and cells know how to coax. You know, it's like all the construction workers like, hey, come over here and be a construction worker. We need we need you over here. You know, gotcha. yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. And I mean, another question that I had in regards to that, too, that just kind of popped up in my head was in regards to nature versus nurture. Is there certain environments that will 
force the cell to go in a certain direction versus the fact that maybe it's just a baby growing naturally and you see the stem cells kind of go off kind of like you made that construction analogy but you know when you're able to influence in a certain way what does that even look like like how do you go about you know setting it up or steering it well the, the you know a, ba a fetus developing or a baby being created you know that you know one cell uh population goes to the next cell and, they, and that's how you develop an arm and eventually it stops growing at some point like that's all that's crazy you know millions of years of evolution of of biology and and how how you know through one cells talking to the neighbor etc through cell messengers which we'll probably get into later mm -hmm. um happens but um as as we need those cells and call for those cells it has to do with the small cell messengers and the small proteins um that are being released um it's like when you call 911 you don't know if you're calling the ambulance or the fire truck or a policeman until you say hey i need this i need uh, i'm having you know my stove's on fire send the fire truck Did anybody hurt no okay we don't need an ambulance all right so they send the the fire you know uh team over and that so our cells release on a need basis they there's there's an alert system within us and um that's probably we're learning more and more about that and by taking those little messengers we can then enhance them or concentrate them and then call for more of something we want hmm. like if we want to build more muscles and we're, we're we're struggling to do that even though we're doing everything else right then you know there might be a way to use certain muscle uh alert systems proteins from our muscles that are released called myokines and these myokines can call for muscle assigned or muscle building stem cells wow bro i mean yeah it sounds like a science yeah. <laughs> it's the best way to describe somewhere it. in there i think yeah. there's some science yeah it's like some serious work that went into that but the other question now that i got is I mean, you got all this nailed, right? You figured this all out, but how did this journey into medicine really start for you? And how did it lead you into the longevity space and learning about stem cells? So I was I was a regular old country neurosurgeon just practicing take uh, the way I was trained, taking care of people mostly with neck and back injuries. But by trade, I'm a spine neurosurgeon. And uh, for over 20 years, I was doing that. And about five and a half years ago, it just hit me on the head that what I've been doing for 20 years is the same thing my professors that taught me were doing for 20 years. And we really haven't changed much in 40, 50, 60 mm -hmm. years. And we really haven't, at least in terms of spine. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my patients would come in and say, yeah, I'm doing the exercises. I'm taking the anti-inflammatories. I've tried some cortisone injections. They helped for a minute, but they're, they're really not enough for me, but I'm not ready for surgery. I'm like, great. Okay, we'll put surgery off. That's the last thing. And they would come and say, hey, doc, how about this? How about that? How about stem cells? And and I've always said, well, you know, it's being looked at. It's an area of research. It's very interesting to me. And eventually I said, instead of it just being interesting, I'm going to go learn. So I stopped going to all these stodgy, you know, doctor meetings where they pat themselves on the back for doing the same thing for 50 years. And, <laughs> and we started going to stem cell meetings and it was exciting and different and and for the last five and a half years, I, I've just, that's just exploded in my practice and, and blossomed. And and now what we do is, is uh, you know, it's a new tool to add for people depending on their problems. And I don't just 
take care of spines now i take care of lots of different things because you can't you, you can't not i mean there's just yeah. so much so that's kind of my little journey that's interesting and the other question i had too now that as you mentioned you know some people were going like the dodgy route or whatever because i remember looking into stem cells originally and they said that it was illegal and i remember hearing about how you had to go down to panama mel gibson was talking about this if i'm not mistaken I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast, actually, but I can't remember. Yep, but it was talking it about, was. yeah, like going to Panama or going to different places around the world. Yep. Is it legal in every state now or not so, yet? I'm, I'm not an attorney, so don't consider this legal advice <laughs> anyway. But so th there's nothing illegal about what a doctor and patient decide to do together. Um, what what is challenging is what are called claims. And the FDA decides based on when they're ready, based on their people and, and whatever lobbying yeah, and whatever else is out there so um whatever those pressures are they decide when we can we doctors can make certain claims about the following something like a drug or device that it will cure or treat a disease or condition now i use those words because they're their words not mine mm -hmm. so i can't i'm not allowed i would be non-compliant if I made a claim that uh, stem cells cure diabetes, I can't make that claim. Uh, now, is there science and research that supports something like that? Absolutely, there is. Is it? Uh, is it? You know, is our biologics like stem cells because they're cells, right? And mm -hmm. things like cells are those drugs? Not really. Are they devices? Not really. But the FDA has jurisdiction. Yes. Why? Because. Congress says they they have jurisdiction, so we have to abide by that. So I can't make claims. Is it illegal? Uh, define illegal. Is it, I guess if I violate a statute by making an improper claim because they say I can't make that claim, then yes, I guess in that form it is. Uh, and you have them here in the yes, yes. Now, 20 years ago or longer, it was first popularized in other countries. Most of the pro athletes like Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and those who got stem cell treatments left this country. Many others did too. They just weren't probably famous enough to get it out there or they were too private. Yeah. I had patients that left the country to get stem cells. And most of the early and long-standing research and the long follow-up studies come from other countries because they've been doing this longer, Europe and Asia particularly. Yeah. Now, a lot of athletes and others, especially for Americans, go to Mexico and Central America because it's closer and it's a great place to take a vacation. So you might as well work in a <laughs> little time off. And uh, Mel Gibson, as you know, I uh, think first took his father yeah. who was having some issues and then I think himself. And and a lot of these places, and now they can advertise. They are not under the jurisdiction of the FDA being from another country, as far as I know, not an attorney still. So um, they their websites are full of, we treat cancer, we treat heart attack, we treat this. I can't say that in the United States, then I would be non-compliant. So mm -hmm. now can I, I help people or try to help people with these things? Absolutely. I can tell you about individual results of people, what we call anecdotal results. You know, it's not a study of thousands. It's just, it's, you know, a few people here and there that we did this for, or did that for. I can't tell one person that you'll get the results that all my other patients got. Uh, why? Because the FDA says I can't do that. So I want to be compliant. Yeah. So back to your original question, is it illegal? 
I don't know, ask your attorney, but we do it. Gotcha. I yeah, <laughs> gotcha. No, that makes perfect sense because that's kind of where the clarity lies. And the thing is, it's kind of strange when it comes to the FDA because it seems like sometimes it can sway in your favor or against it, you know, and it almost depends yeah, no. on how the lobbying is done. And, you know, I've read enough books on it to kind of like, and that's why I started this podcast as well to a degree was because yeah. I wanted to learn more about this subject itself. Because when people make that claim about healing, like I think it was, it was a bread company. It was very famous. Uh, I think it was like 10 years ago now. They were talking or, organic healing and, you know, the bread is going to heal the gut, this and the other. And it turned out right. it had a lot of good qualities, but they made a claim. And if you make a yeah. claim in certain states, it was jail time, <laughs> you know, so they were like, all right, off to jail you go. Yeah, the, so we don't want to make any false claims. And and honestly, doctors, we're not, we don't anyway, right? We can't guarantee mm -hmm. results anyway. So it's, I don't know, the, the whole thing is, you know, a lot of red tape and, and what have you. And I, I know the, the heart is in the right place, right? Trying, trying to prevent consumers from from getting something that's not safe or whatever, 100%, but um, yeah. uh, there's wonderful research and science and studies, and there's nothing we do that's completely cavalier. Like everything we do is backed up by some good work, yeah. probably multiple areas of good work. Well, to your point, I mean, if you see results that are functioning and at the same time, that's kind of where I think evolution is involved regardless of whatever the subject may be because i remember the first doctor who said we should wash our hands when we're delivering babies they threw them into the nut house <laughs> you know right. which kind of goes to show it's like wait a minute and that just sometimes we got to make that paradigm shift and it involves the mind and you know us as a collective saying okay maybe there's something here maybe we're not there yet but i think in time we'll we, we have to like it's inevitable but that also brings me to another question <clears throat> that i had was how does regenerative treatment contrast with conventional medical approaches now that we're talking about you know it's not cavalier but it is different how is it different and and in what ways well i mean it's it's biological right these these are cells and proteins and sig signaling particles that that a cell gives off to other cells that um stimulate certain activities in a cell so as opposed to a chemical like a drug although some some drugs are actually biologics. For example, some agglutide or azempic is a biologic peptide. Mm -hmm. um, verse, so, so that's the first thing. It's not just, you know, something completely concocted in a lab, right? It's naturally mm -hmm. grown. Uh, it comes from, you know, usually donated from um, afterbirth, C-section. You know, mothers deliver their babies by C-sections and they have all this stuff we used to throw away. Placenta, <laughs> amniotic fluid, umbilical cord, it was trash, but now it's treasure. So it's biological. That's the first thing. Um, so secondly, it it has, um, you know, sort of natural effects, right? It has cellular metabolic effects. You know, it calls for anti-inflammatory pathways, regenerative, restorative pathways in the body, as opposed to the alternative pathway which is sort of defense mode, the immune system, inflammation. You think about it, it, the analogy here, and I know you've had people on before who've talked about sort of weight loss, right? And you, uh, you, want to you want to lean mass, right? You want to get rid of the fat. And cells in our body tend to have two modes, <clears throat> pardon me, of metabolism. They're either burning or they're storing. There's very little in between. It's like it's the dials over here and then flip it's over here and then flip it's it's like there's not a lot in between it's kind of the same thing with cell metabolism uh it's either pro-inflammatory which is a defense mode 
or it's anti-inflammatory, which is like perfect operational state. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So that's kind of the biggest difference. And I guess when you have that modality in your favor, there's a lot of things you can do and you don't necessarily have to use the synthetic side of things. Because I think, I mean, from my limited perspective, but sometimes when we do things that are kind of exogenous, like exogenous testosterone and things of that nature, it almost seems like the body can reject it more, whereas from a biological side of things, it's probably easier for the body to take it in and be like, all right, cool, I know how to work with this. <laughs> right, right, because the body, that's why they call it bioidentical. The body doesn't know where that testosterone came from. Exactly. It either made it itself or it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. oh yeah and that's kind of where you see all these weird funky things happen like bodybuilders honestly like when it comes to the enhanced side of things when it comes to the enhanced bodybuilders they're willing to try everything and anything right so it's kind of like okay stem cells mix that with some insulin you know we should just make them guinea pigs for all this stuff right they're willing <laughs> to do it <laughs> but on a separate <laughs> note i do want to hear a story where stem cell secret uh stem cell treatments made a massive difference in chronic conditions because that's the one thing that i keep hearing about keep learning about and keep seeing that chronic issues are one of the biggest things that are killing people in the united states and canada yeah. <clears throat> and, well uh, yeah if you could share some yeah of i'm going to jump in there but I, first and foremost when we offer well, i'll call all these stem cells in general regenerative medicine approaches right mm -hmm. uh, when we offer these things we want to give them to someone who's optimized so um, we don't want to, if we took someone who's, you know, out of shape and smoking and overweight and we said, okay, come on in, we're going to, we're going to give you these, you know, these, these stem cell messengers or something there, it, it's not going to be a good use of that um, gotcha. because you're putting it into an environment that's not optimized. So we start out with making sure people are doing everything they can to stimulate their own stem cell activity. Uh, whether it's, you know, optimizing their exercise or their diet, not just what they eat, but when they eat, including protein and macros, um, and even the type of amino acids, uh, supplements, you know, our, our diet is not, even if we eat clean and good, it's still not perfect, you know, and we do need supplements to help us get stuff that we're designed to have or need to have that we just don't get, um, now, of course, 300 years ago, living off the land, we probably got a lot more of that. But, you know, so many things are leached out of our fruits and vegetables and yeah. grains and, and, and meats and whatever else is in the water or these these crazy seed oils we're, we're having and all that. <laughs> so we, we want to make sure we have someone that's that's sleeping and de-stressed and breathes right. I mean, top to bottom. And then we're going to get the most out of something regenerative. So when we have someone with it, I'll call it hyperinflammation, whether it's an immune problem, an autoimmune problem, like a, a thyroid that's attacking itself or a inflammatory bowel problem or Crohn's disease, things, things where there's too much inflammation in the body. Mm -hmm. That's when we get the biggest benefits. The other area would be people who have infections that are known to be significantly pro-inflammatory. All infections have some inflammation, but Let's take COVID as a wonderful example. Mm -hmm. uh, it's known to be on the higher of the scale of inflammatory responses. And that's why all those patients had so many problems with heart and lungs and now after effects that we call long COVID, right? Um, and, then, and then the other infection that's known to have significant inflammation as an example is Lyme's disease, uh, which is you know, a bacterial infection. Anyway, with those people, they tend to have lots of joint pain. They can have skin 
dryness and what's called psoriasis. They can have all kinds of things. And you see advertisements on television all the time for these anti-inflammatories, right? All these people with stress and psoriasis. Listen, this is a biological issue. It's best addressed or at least helped by by these things. So the best results come from people who have this throughout their body and we we can help them fight their own inflammation and then they have improvement generally speaking with reduced pain in the joints because we take away the inflammation in the joints. Um, they have less circulating antibodies and immune response. They feel better. They have more energy because they're not bogged down. Mm-hmm. Their system isn't gunked up. Their, their lymph system isn't gunked up with all of this. So they sleep better. They recover from workouts better. They across the board. This is what we see. Interesting. I mean, the one thing that I used to see that used to exist and wasn't taken into consideration for whatever reason in allopathic medicine was just diet and like lifestyle. Like for some reason, we kept separating that or we kept looking into something that was completely foreign or or something that was over there and wasn't going to affect the body. But now it's so refreshing because every single doctor I've had on the show is like, well, let's look at diet and lifestyle first. You know, and honestly, I'm like, oh, hallelujah. You know, that didn't exist before. Like even hydration wasn't something that people would bring up. And I'm like, why are we not talking about these things? You know, it's like from my very simplistic, you know, point of view, it's just kind of like, okay, we're dehydrated. We're suffering chronic diseases. We're overeating. We're overly toxic with like a lot of the foods that we eat. I mean, again, and going back to the micronutrient side of things, that's kind of where like I got into supplements and not necessarily where it's like, okay, I just need to take more supplements because somebody told me fish oils are good. It's almost like, okay, there's a reason why, you know, it's kind of like, okay, magnesium, I'm not going to get it in my food. I got to eat like tubs and tubs of spinach and all kinds of different things for like the right. foods and right. blah, blah, blah. Right. And to your point, it's kind of like, you're right, it's you You got to build on it. So it seems as though stem cells is kind of like that final piece after you get this figured out. Yeah, it could be part of uh, you do, you know, some that does it for a specific reason or it's, you know, we have people that I call, I don't call them, but I, I refer to them because someone else named this the biohackers, right? They, oh, they yeah. do it to prevent, <laughs> they do it to prevent, to slow, eight, to sl- slow the cellular aging process. And, you know, I'm one of them now, like I'm, I'm doing it myself and, um, you know, I just do it routinely. So it could be part of a one-time thing. It could be part of a routine thing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, um, our, my low hanging fruit though, the, where we really help people that I think the most is when they have a particular joint injury, uh, knees are very common. I've treated all, almost all the joints of the body and the spine, which is really why I went into this field, this this newer part of my practice <laughs> is because I was a spine guy looking to add a tool. Um, but now I'm treating more knees and things than I am than I've ever done. But um, we really get some crazy good results. Um, I just posted on our Instagram a couple days ago, uh, an example of someone we were able to restore, uh, help restore some of the cartilage in the knee. So mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to help people avoid surgery. And I'm going to put put myself and other surgeons out of business, hopefully. <laughs> well, no, that's awesome. Cause I mean, if the body can heal itself, that's very, very, man, like that's pretty mind blowing technology. And the right? fact that we have it and we're just kind of, it seems yeah. like this is the Genesis, right? It's like, we haven't even gotten to like chapter two yet, which is why it's like, this is massive, man. Like I'm hoping when I get old, you know, it's, it's all mastered. So I could be like, all right, my knees are shot. Perfect. All my yep. years of squatting, I can come back and get my cartilage back, you know? Yep. 
course, the, the earlier you get to it, you know, it, it more of a preventative, the easier it is to maintain it. So I, we're finding that too, but you're absolutely right. We, we have this, our bodies have this ability to heal. We're just tapping back into it or enhancing it, especially as we get older. Um, our, our stem cells don't function as well as they used to, just like our own cells don't function as well as they used to. Why? They're exposed to chronic inflammation, to the environment, to electromagnetic waves, to, uh, you know, um, you know, with the, the, the 5.0 on our cell phones, you know, um, yeah. all that stuff yeah. out there or whatever, pesticides, Monsanto and, <laughs> and um, yeah. you know, what they inject the chickens with and the seed oils. I mean, all this stuff is causing us to be inflamed and infl accumulation of inflammation. It deals with the speed of aging mm -hmm. and the speed of, um, you know, degeneration and all that. Now that we're on the topic of inflammation, though, I did want to ask you from your perspective and how you go about it, because I'm, I'm sure you have a protocol. But what's one of the first things that you want to take out? Is it usually the seed oils or is it just fast food? What does it generally look like for you? You know, listen, when I meet with people, I try to do a whole inventory the first time we go over their entire lifestyle. And and I try to give them starter pieces if we give you if we get if i give you a thousand things at mm -hmm. once yeah uh it, it's gonna be lost people it's too much i'm not gonna be able to do it so i give you a little starter block so we'll we'll say okay let's try to reduce this let's let's add five anti-inflammatory supplements if you're not taking any mm -hmm. you know oh i take a multivitamin yeah that's great but that just prevents malnutrition we need optimal nutrition so i i try to give little baby steps and build on and some people come to me they're already taking 20 things and then I look to tweak it. Okay, what what haven't you tried? What do you want to do? What can we measure? We like to measure results too. So we do inflammatory tests in the bloodstream, which are not part of a routine test you're going to get from a regular physical. Mm -hmm. We do inflammatory markers. We do biological age tests, which look at how old your cells appear compared to your actual age on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you could yeah. be... You know, you've seen this right now you're younger so people your age tend to look young anyway but when you start to get my age you know pushing 60 um you could look at two guys standing next to each other and one looks kind of like hey you look kind of 50 and the other guy looks kind of 70. yeah right because the older we get like the more because the the 70 year old maybe he smoked smoked a lot drank a lot didn't exercise ate a lot of bad food didn't you know and he just had hard living you know and um lifestyle like you said lifestyle yeah right? So it starts, you starts to see a difference at some point. So you got it. The earlier you make the changes and the more of these changes you pay attention to, the better. That doesn't mean you can't, you know, have, have a cocktail on New Year's Eve or, <laughs> or do some fun things and enjoy life. But if you do it in little celebratory bits, it's going to be way better than making a lifestyle of having a six pack every night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... It's one of those things that I cut out probably, man, I can't even remember how many years ago it's been. Like the last time I drank, I think was when I was in Costa Rica visiting and it was like, yeah, you know what? Let's have some drinks. And I got drunk, but that was a good seven years ago now. And since then, I think I've had like maybe two beers. Right. And I don't really crave it, but it's, it's, it's almost, it's one of those things where you can actually feel how detrimental it is. Cause you know, when you start off drinking in your twenties, you can recover, you're good to go. You don't even get head, yeah. like hungover, right? You're, you just jump right back up. Then yeah. I had a buddy of mine who we're already in our mid twenties. He didn't stop drinking. And he told me, he's like, Conrad, man, literally dog. I feel, I feel like I'm getting stupider. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, man? He's like, legit, I feel dumb. I'm like, maybe you should quit drinking, bro. And sure, <laughs> sure enough, you know, he quit drinking. It almost felt like he looked like a new guy. I lost about 10 pounds, you know, the puffiness and like his face kind of left. And it's one of these things that to your point, if, if you get rid of it, you can see some major and drastic changes in your life. And yeah. usually it's one thing that leads to another. And then you kind of start from there. And that's where the habit development comes in, right? Totally agree with you. It's, it's just amazing how much impact our lifestyle choices really have on our health, especially in our later years. Yeah. And the other question I had, as far as athletes now, do you see a massive influx of athletes just coming in for like wrists? I could imagine wrist elbows, like a lot of the joints. I, I, I have pockets of athletes. Um, you know, most of my basketball players, it's their knees. Most of my um, hip hop or break dancers, it's their shoulders because the way they load on their shoulders because they're popping up and down on their on their hands doing crazy, crazy moves. Mm-hmm. That's an Olympic sport this year, by the way. So check what? it out. Yeah. Break dancing. Or uh, 2024. I say this year, but coming yeah, up here. Coming shortly. up, coming up. Yeah. yeah. We're almost there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I see a smattering of other, a lot of hip stuff. Um, my older patients tend to be, they're not, athletes per se necessarily, but hips. Um, I do see some feet problems. Usually it's the runners with feet and ankle. Mm-hmm. So I, I see these patterns and really doctoring is about identifying patterns and knowing what to do about it, you know? So yeah. those are the patterns that are pulling out of this. Um, but knees are probably number one, just by volume, plus everyone has two knees. So um, you get a lot of knees, but they, they just, the stress they take, the kind of sports that we do, you know, like tennis players do a lot of cutting and twisting and, mm-hmm. you know, um, golfers, uh, it's hips or knees. So occasional shoulder, but shoulders don't bear weight unless you're a hip hop dancer. So they, yeah. they, um, are, I think our best results are knees, but we have more knees than anywhere. Interesting. And the, the thing that I was thinking about, cause uh, I got a brother and, uh, Unfortunately, when he was 19, he got into a really bad motorcycle accident, and now he's a quadriplegic. So he's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life, right? And that's kind of where I'm like, I, I try to always maintain, you know, positive mindset and all that. What does this mean, maybe for a paraplegic? I don't know, like 10 years, 20 years down the road, do you see the technology maybe catching up to a place where the spine yeah. can heal? Or I do. In fact, there's there's some recent work out of China, um, and again, a lot of the cutting edge stuff comes from China and Europe. And and some of these cells, they're able to encourage to work backwards up the cell lineage to even a more powerful type of stem cell, not just one that hasn't been assigned a final job, but one can almost go back towards being an embryo type cell where it can really just develop and regrow part of the body. I mean, you think about it, there are species that can regrow a tail mm-hmm. or a limb, right? Certain yeah. Certain salamanders can regrow uh, a limb and then, you know, lizards can regrow a tail. A starfish can regrow an arm Um, and even human children up to the age of five or six. If they cut the tip of their finger, that's further out than the last joint, they can regrow that. Wow. After about age six, those genes turn off. They're preserved. So um, the the point is, once we get more control of those genes, and, and we follow some of the research in, in what's going on in China. They have shown where they've gone into people with 
that are paraplegics or quadriplegics that have spinal cord damage, they actually remove the scar tissue and put in um, these, I'll call them enhanced stem cells of sorts. Mm. And they have seen some return in nerve, return of nerve growth. Highly experimental, but do I see it coming? Absolutely. This yeah. is kind of one of the holy grails of stem cells. It's one of the reasons stem cell research got funded in the first place because of Christopher Reeves when he mm -hmm. became a quadriplegic, right? This the Reeves Foundation, you know, was behind a lot of that uh, funding. Wow. I mean, that's super interesting. That means there's hope. So, yeah. you know, it, like I said before, I feel like this is just starting off and there's a lot to, you know, there's a lot on the table. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of evolution that needs to happen for us to really get to that next level. And I mean, I'm very optimistic about what the future holds. And honestly, because that's one of the things that I see that is probably the most life changing for anybody that's in a wheelchair is just, you know, being able to walk again if they were able to walk or if you were born with any spinal defor deformities or anything, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that uh, we're learning so much from stem cells and we're learning what we can do to help people heal themselves, basically, because that's really what's happening is I'm not doing the work. I'm just helping someone heal mm. themselves or help heal themselves. So the, um, yeah, the more we learn, the more we can do, right? And we're seeing this, there are new cancer uh, techniques both for uh, bloodborne cancers and solid tumors uh, involving jazzing up the immune system using stem cell technology. Uh, one is where you jazz up um, some of the cells to recognize the tumor like a hyperimmune removal. Mm -hmm. And then, then there are other types of cells in our body called natural killer cells that are constantly circulating through our bodies, removing little accidental cancer cells. We get those all the time. That doesn't mean we have cancer. It's just our, we have a surveillance system to remove it, you know? Yeah. So we can, there, there are ways to use the messengers from these NK or natural killer cells that could be used as a cancer treatment for solid tumors. So there's, there's some exciting stuff. And, you know, I'm looking into this, you know, for my own uh, benefits and patients uh, near me that we could offer this to, but it's hard to come up, hard to come up by some of these things that, because they are they are special they're not just a regular off-the-shelf stem cell <laughs> yeah yeah it seems like it's, how would you go about acquiring that would it have to be from the placenta again or how do you well, go about even getting it <laughs> you know? well um you know they they could be in, encouraged um natural natural killer cells can be taken from your own bloodstream and they can be encouraged to by stem cells to behave in a better way or more active way things like that there are some different ways these as i alluded to earlier these cell messengers are part of regenerative medicine where one cell gives off information to another cell and actually not just another cell but thousands of cells in the neighborhood saying hey guys we're going to war join me you're either with me or you're not you know? <laughs> yeah so, man so you know they're all with so cells can be encouraged by their neighbors uh, and so forth and, and so on. And that those are through cell to cell signaling particles. And those particles are a little bit of a membrane with some growth factors and little small peptides and proteins, small micro RNAs. And um, it delivers messages into those cells. And those are called extracellular vesicles or exosomes. Mm -hmm. Some people call them nanoparticles. And they're about one one thousandth the size of a cell. And we can get 
we can get those from amniotic fluid, umbilical cord, placenta, highly concentrated. And the beauty of those is they're so small that they will cross in the blood-brain barrier if you get them intravenous, right? So it's really good for getting to the brain and the spinal cord and things like that. So when it comes to somebody that, let's say, when it comes to mental illness and stuff, right? Because that's kind of one of these frontiers where, I mean, we're discovering all this stuff as we go. Obviously, I'm not an expert, right? But when it comes to like, you know, if I'm a neurologist and I could, you know, maybe consult somebody like yourself and be like, okay, how do I get the exosomes involved here so we can, you know, promote healing? If somebody has like an, I don't know, like brain damage from blunt force or, you know, people that you've seen that have suffered some other types of traumatic injuries to the brain or something's wrong with the brain or, or even development for a lot of the kids that we're seeing. Yep. Yeah. autism or whatever the case may be, would this be helpful in that regard? To the extent that there is an inflammatory component, yes. So um, early after traumatic brain injury, early after stroke, um, Alzheimer's oh, disease has an inflammatory component. All of these things, if we can suppress the inflammation, then there'll be less scar tissue formation and more, more return to natural functioning, um, things like that. Um, but we are learning more and more about how to help some of the other problems or after the inflammation has kind of settled down, like after an injury. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where some of these uh, more advanced sort of en enhanced stem cells will come in. They're just not available here yet. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> it seems like, oh, God, it just seems like there's got to be so much more research involved and just kind of bigger promotion of it, which is why. I'm excited, but at the same time, I'm like, let's hurry it up, man. Like, let's get it going because <laughs> nothing's fast here because, you know, listen, there are a lot of political and economic pressures on disease and medicine, right? And mm -hmm. the sick care system and, you know, the, the, li the life cycle and return on investment in the drug development and, you know, yeah. So, but, but the big pharmas are now investing in, in this bio stem cell tech. So it's coming. They'll have their hands in it, of course, but it's coming. Interesting. So big pharma right now, how do they look at it then? They just kind of view it as something woo woo on the side and they don't. No, no, they know it's coming, but they're going to slow play it until it, you know, until they can really monetize it better. I gotcha. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's a good thing because it's going to lead to, obviously it's going to lead to evolution, but at the same time, if they do control it now, they are the gatekeepers, right? So it's almost like how do we go about you know sliding around them and getting the fda to be on our side i don't know but it's interesting because it seems like ah oh man it, it kind of sucks in a way but at the same time you got to take it with a grain of salt and just say hey you know what we'll keep moving forward but that's kind of where i commend your efforts and you're moving it forward you're doing the damn thing so you know that's really really good to hear however right, no, you, you may know, you may find me buried in the desert you know after all these <laughs> Uh, you know, because they don't like me getting the word out, some of these words out, but it's common and there are great things you can do. And they're here in the U.S. You don't have to leave the country necessarily. Some of the some of the higher end enhanced stuff you would. But mm -hmm. but yeah, regular stem cells and stem cell messengers, they're they're here. I mean, they're natural. They're available. That's interesting. And the other thing, obviously, because, you know, this topic, we always talk about men's health and erectile difficulties and sexual performance and all that good stuff that we like to talk about. Um, when it comes to guys with ED or any issues in regards to their penises, would this actually be helpful as well? Like, would you yeah. inject some stem cells and <laughs> kind yeah, of help have. out there? Yeah, we have. So, 
I'm going to skip ahead uh, to all the uh, to skip ahead testosterone optimization, all these things. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that you you've covered that many T-R-T, times. With yeah. So so in in someone who is having difficulties and they're they're using all the different devices and pumps and and um, you know shockwave type uh, devices mm-hmm. and testosterone is there and everything is good and their PSA is normal, um, you know. There, there could be a role for what we call the P shot. Oh, uh, gotcha. You've talked about the P shot before. P is obviously for penis. Mm-hmm. We have a version for the woman. Uh, it's called the O shot. Um, I, I don't know why it's called the O shot, but I'll let you <laughs> think about it. So um, the the P shot is fairly simple to do, and it does seem to have uh, fairly good results with our clients that want increased sensation, increased blood flow, increased firmness. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people think uh, they get more because more blood flow, more firmness, they get a little more size. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any measurement studies to, to know that. Um, but more satisfaction and and more erection when they need it. So these these the shots pretty easy. We put some numbing cream on the penis, wait about 20, 25 minutes. Uh, we put a little rubber band uh, tourniquet at the base of the penis so we can fill it up. And then we do two injections, one one at the base of the shaft and one at the uh, right at the corona where the gland starts. And um, we, we can deliver stem cells or stem cell messaging particles, the exosomes. Um, I know there are doctors that do PRP as well. And mm-hmm. you know, PRP is kind of the very basic form of regenerative medicine using your own concentrated growth factor growth factors from your bloodstream and the platelet cells but you know when you change the oil in your car you don't put the old oil back in there so um i i like the the young stuff right put the young mm-hmm. stuff in there that's the most active stuff it's never been exposed to inflammation so that's what we do it's called the p shot um and you know if if you just need a little pick me up it can last months or years some people do it you know twice a year just depends on what you need interesting yeah because and to your point i did not know that one fact where it's like okay you're right why would i use my old oil (laughs) i did (laughs) not think about that because i've heard other people bring it up and other urologists and people that i've talked to and now that you put it from that perspective you're right why would you get the old stuff like that to me sounds kind of counterintuitive <laughs> i don't want to say it's wrong prp does have a role and does help things it's used in a lot of orthopedic issues and, and tendonitis and things like that and you know cosmetic but but what we have with stem cells and exosomes is so much more powerful and, and usually only you know like, like when we do a tendonitis you only need one usually one approach with one injection with the stem cells or exosomes with prp you usually have to go in a few times yeah i've heard yeah it's kind of not a one and done it's kind of more like okay cool step one is done you'll probably be coming back <laughs> but all these are improvements generally on these repeat 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 cortisone injections so cortisone mm-hmm. has a role it's very effective in reducing a pain with acute inflammation but when we repeat them repeat them we're actually damaging the tissue yeah well it's kind of like scar tissue buildup right uh, it well, yeah, because chronic inflammation is really forming chronic scar or what we call granuloma, which is this kind of scar process. Interesting. Yeah. And the last thing that I wanted to ask you before you know we close up, 
And we're going to talk about Recelebrate.com. Don't worry. We got to definitely talk about that. But I wanted to just take us down the journey of your favorite story in regards to healing with one of your clients. Uh, well, I have uh, I have a patient who had uh, knee knee pain on both knees uh, for 20 years after you know, skiing injuries in, in, in the teens. And um, she wasn't very active and she had trouble walking in high heels, although she liked to wear them, trouble going up and down the stairs. Um, <clears throat> turned out that uh, she had something called chondromalacia patellae, which means that the cartilage behind the kneecap was worn down. So, you know, the knee is a complex structure. It has the meniscus and cartilage above and below the meniscus. But it also has this kneecap that glides and has an important structural role. And and, and her pain going up and down the stairs was really from this, this you know, kneecap problem. So we injected our kneecaps and um, she had an initial improvement in pain, particularly going up and down the stairs from the anti-inflammatory benefits. Mm-hmm. But that never went away she continued to feel better and we repeated the mri uh just to see because people love to see what it looks like later we repeated yeah. i think it 15 months later and we showed return of the cartilage uh wow. in her in her um knees and that we did that back in 2021 so that's now two and a half years of the summer of 21 so so she's you know doing great and we're watching her knees and then um I again, you're we'll hopefully give this in a minute, but on my recelebrate Instagram, I think Sunday, so a couple of days ago, today's Tuesday, two days ago, uh, we posted another knee case. But in this case, we, we we had return of cartilage along the top of the tibia, which is the the weight bearing bone on the bottom, uh, below the knee. So, and we measured it. We had it eight months apart from also another ski injury. Wow. Yeah. So that's, those are my favorites when we can actually see the those types of results. That's honestly that's fascinating because it just like I said it gives me a lot of hope for the future and, and it's good to see that obviously we can't make claims here <laughs> you know but it really gives us hope for the future when you view it from the perspective of you're seeing tangible changes you're seeing it in your face it's not like you know I'm just speculating here and I'm optimistic right. but it's like no I'm like seeing it in cool. real time. No, you're totally right. It's it, having a, res- I mean, that that's the science piece, being able to measure a change, right? Uh, and then you do enough people and then you have a, you have a study, right? We, okay, we've done a hundred of these. Now we can look back and give the average result or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it's done. That's how this, any good discovery in medicine has started. A hundred percent, man. But next up, you got to tell us about recelebrate.com. All right, because we definitely want to jump in there. And honestly, if any of you guys listening want to, you know, take part in this, you got to make sure you check out recelebrate.com. But give us a lowdown. Thank you. Yeah, we came up with this name for the practice and because we wanted to celebrate the idea of stem cells. And since we're taking cells and rejuvenating them, we put re in front of it and (laughs) the word cell. So recelebrate is the brand and it's R-E-C-E-L-L-E-B-R-A-T-E. And that's our website. Just put that in.com or Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. or YouTube. And you'll just type it in. You'll get there. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And again, all the links are always in the description. But, you know, if somebody does want to get started and wants to reach out to you, is there like an intake form or anything they have to do? 
Yeah, there's a website. It says contact us. Um, you know, if you just want to have a conversation to see what your problems are, what you want to try to address, or if you don't have problems, you just want to stay ahead of things or avoid. <laughs> you had knee surgery a few years ago. And you definitely don't want to have a replacement down the line because you were told you'll be bone on bone or arthritis. Yeah, reach out to us. It, it's, you know, doesn't cost anything to have a conversation. Fill out the little consult form and we'll get back to you. Find We'll find time to have a chat. You can get on Zoom like this and mm -hmm. uh, get to know you a little bit. It's it's kind of a concierge-like thing. We just do that and get to know people and and just get the word. want to get the word out. I want to educate that this is a thing. It is here. A lot of doctors don't aren't trained in this. I wasn't. And yeah. um, you, you if you ask your, your regular doctor or knee doctor, Hey, what about, what about stem cells? They're, they're going to say what I used to say. I don't know. It's, it's experimental, you know? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, everything's experimental. If you want to experiment and try it, let us know. A hundred percent. And again, this was an absolute pleasure, Dr. Grossman. This was, this was awesome. Cause it really did open my eyes and, you know, it, at the surface level, we always think we know things and then we dive into these conversations. And this is why I value you coming on the show and explaining it to us. Cause I mean, I take so much out of this where I usually listen to this again. I'll have like my notebook and be like, <laughs> you know, taking notes here and there. But no, honestly, this was an absolute blast. And I would love to have you on again and talk some more. And anytime you know, I phone a friend for you and your audience, anytime you guys have a question, just reach out. And I'm happy to talk. I'm passionate about this. I love this stuff now. It's like I got a, a new energy in practicing medicine because we have this new stuff. You know, I'm not just doing the same old thing. Yeah, no. And I mean, I... I can tell, man. And again, everything that in regards to Dr. Gross, I'm going to make sure I put it into the description, guys, as you guys already know. And again, make sure you guys follow. And thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care. All right. Take care. And that, my friends, is the end of today's episode. We'll see you in the next one.